0: Test telephone switch light on, light on. Launching rockets doesn't have to be rocket science with MongoDB. While you might not be launching rockets, modern apps need to incorporate analytics just like NASA and SpaceX. To see how MongoDB Atlas shifts real-time analytics into your applications, check out our three-part live stream where my guest Jay Runkle will build an application in real-time, simulating a rocket launch with multiple devices generating one million metrics per second. The fun starts live on LinkedIn and YouTube Live on March 15th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Visit the show notes for this episode or click the banner for more details.
1: Hey, my name is Matt Chivali. I'm a curriculum engineer here at B University and I'm gonna teach you how to not get hacked. So stay tuned for more on the B podcast.
0: Welcome to the show. Today on the show, Matt Giavalli joins us. He's a curriculum engineer at MongoDB University, and we're talking about authentication and authorization, the process of securing your MongoDB instances to protect that sensitive data. Stay tuned to learn more about Matt and about M150, the brand new course from MongoDB University on authentication and authorization. We hope you enjoy this episode. Listening to the MongoDB podcast. MongoDB podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lin and Nick Raboy. Well, hey Matt, Um, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Let folks know who you are and what you do.
1: Hey, yeah, Um, so. My name is Matt. I work on the curriculum team on the MongoDB University team. Um, and I've been with MongoDB about three and, three and a half years.
2: What were you doing before that?
1: Before working at MongoDB, I worked at this company called Lendo. Um, and they issued microloans in the developing world. So like a lot of people in Indonesia and India, and a lot of places, but we were only in those regions, uh, don't have a credit score, so they couldn't really take out loans.
2: And were you a developer there or were you already doing curriculum engineering there as well?
1: No, I, I was just a developer for them. Uh, so I was mainly doing Python scripting.
0: That's great. And, you know, we were talking about authentication and authorization earlier. And um, we mentioned the, the podcast episode with Mark Smith and some of the myths that are still out there about MongoDB being insecure. Um, I wonder if you can shed some light on why do you think that myth still exists today?
1: Um, I think it does come down to like the history. I think a lot of people over the years uh, have launched MongoDB instances that haven't been secured. And yeah, I mean, in previous versions of MongoDB, you used to be able to connect to MongoDB from anywhere. So you essentially by default, were opening your MongoDB instance up to the entire public internet. Um, but now uh, we have a more like strict bind IP. Configuration process, so you can explicitly list the IP addresses you want your instance to be available from, um, which you know kind of reduces the scope of the problem.
0: Moving into a more secure implementation out of the box—that's always a good idea. Talk to us about what authentication and authorization mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and there are very thorough explanations in the course, but I'll, I'll try my best just to give them ad hoc here. Uh, so authentication is uh, the process of verifying your identity as a user. So the equivalent in like social media would be you give your username, your email, uh, and your password. That would be like how you identify yourself to the social media service, whatever it is. And then authorization determines what you're actually allowed to do once the service has verified who you are. So for example, in social media, um, if it's like a photo app. Like you can only view your own photos and and the photos of your friends. Um, For example, that would be what you are authorized to do.
2: Awesome. That's important information because I know that a lot of people, at least I hear about it online, people try to use those two terms interchangeably, and they're not the same thing. So it's very important to to know that one is for what you're allowed to do versus one is who you are.
0: And how does this relate to, to MongoDB specifically?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So the two terms, authentication and authorization, they are often used together because they they do go hand in hand. You can't really authorize somebody if you haven't authenticated them first. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess one of the main reasons we draw the distinction uh, in MongoDB is because you can use multiple mechanisms for each one. So uh, there's, uh, like, Microsoft has a really popular... Authorization mechanism called Active Directory. And so that would be uh, one mechanism you could use for authorization, even if the users on the database were still authenticating through MongoDB. Um, all their privileges and all the things they're allowed to do would be stored in Active Directory.
0: That's very cool. So what I'm hearing is that while you can still use the MongoDB database to authenticate, you can then leverage some other mechanism to authorize what what the person can do once they've authenticated.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you could even switch the authentication to also be on the Active Directory side. Um, or you could switch the authentication mechanism to be something third party that's you consider to be more secure and then your authorization could take place at Active Directory or in MongoDB or wherever.
0: Okay, so just so we set the context before we begin to get into the details, are we talking about MongoDB on-premise or MongoDB Atlas specifically?
1: Um I'm I'm talking about MongoDB on-premise uh but all these concepts do apply to Atlas.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask without going too far down the rabbit hole was is there anything in this this course that you developed um because we're we're focusing on on-premise is there anything that the Atlas people would be missing out on or vice versa? Uh
1: I actually don't think so. Um, the method for creating users um, and enabling things in Atlas is all done through a user interface. Uh, and the way that they're taught in the course are through the Mongo shell. Uh, but the actions themselves are the same. So you still have to enable this feature that gives you authentication. And then you you know, have to still create the user that you would use to then authenticate. Um, it's just that instead of doing it through the Mongo shell, the Atlas users would do it through the browser.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by mongodb.live. It's mongodb's biggest annual user event. Join us July 13th, 14th for this free virtual streaming event that will feature a solid lineup of cutting-edge keynotes, dozens of breakout sessions, live Ask Me Anything panels, brain break activities, and so much more. Head on over to mongodb.com live to register and to get updates on what's in store for July. Back to the show. In terms of
2: authorization... What exactly can you authorize within MongoDB? What what are your options?
1: Um, so you can authorize somebody to read uh, from any number of collections. So if you want to limit one user uh, to just read from one collection in a single database, that's something you can do. Uh, you can also allow somebody to read or write from a collection. Um, you can allow somebody to create new users Um, and the creating new users portion actually gets if you grant that privilege to somebody you you better you better trust that person
2: i don't know if this would fall under the category of uh on a as needed basis or not or or best practice but when you're creating authorization rules for for read only or etc what what's a good rule of thumb I mean, are, I assume people are probably going to be creating all access rules at some point, but how how should you decide what users get what rules?
1: Yeah, no, great question. It's actually something that we cover in the course too. But there's this principle called the principle of least privilege, uh, and it essentially says that like you should allow somebody the privilege that like the lowest level of <laughs> the lowest level of privilege required to do their job, essentially. So. If their job is to create reports uh, from this one collection on this one database, then um, you probably only need to give them access to that one collection. And if they're only going to read data from that collection, then you don't need to give them the privilege to write new data, for example.
0: If someone is trying to come up with a scheme for authorization for their users and groups... Um, what's the lowest level of granularity when it comes to MongoDB? Is it down to the collection level, or do you have even further granularity into key-value pairs?
1: Yeah, so um, the standard, uh, like lowest level of granularity in the authorization scheme is a collection. So uh, you would basically uh, narrow the scope of one user to only have actions over a single collection. Um, if you wanted to also provide granularity on the key value pair level, um, you could create a materialized view um, that redacts the key value pairs that you don't want that user to see, for example. Um, and that, that would just be another example of authorization.
0: When it comes to trying to craft a scheme for users and maybe groups of users that, a, that an organization has, what mechanism do they have available to them? to, to group individuals that have similar authorization requirements.
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, there's no like physical grouping that you would provide around, uh, like a a series of users. Um, but you can create your own roles. Uh, so there, there are about like 15 built-in roles that, um, just ship with MongoDB, like the binary. Uh, and, and those roles vary from like read to read, write to, um, database owner. Uh, but yeah, if those roles don't actually um, suit all of your database needs, you can create new roles and then assign those roles to users uh, to provide more fine-grained access. And, and we talk more about this in the course too.
2: Yeah, so I hate to turn the topic right now, but I think we never actually got a description like or, a, or an outline of what the course actually covers. We went straight into the auth and authentication, um, but we, we don't know too much about what the course actually is.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so the way that we build courses at MongoDB is they uh, we start with um, a series of like learning objectives, and um, we essentially just make uh, lab exercises based on what those learning objectives are. And so the, the first few learning objectives are about um, being able to enable authentication, like on a system that doesn't have it, um, and then how to you know create the first database user. Um, because there's like a special process around that. Um, And then we move into more role-based access control, so authorization stuff. Uh, So then we'll we'll start actually creating different kinds of users and then creating custom roles and then assigning those to our users. Um, And then the third chapter is about um, internal authentication, um, which is kind of a different type of authentication that happens uh, between MongoDB instances, as opposed to between a user and a MongoDB instance.
2: Now, if if I was trying to take this course, would you recommend that I have already had some prerequisites prior, um, or can I jump right into it?
1: Um, I would I would definitely recommend uh, taking one of the other introductory courses on MongoDB University before you take this one. So there's uh, there's a basics course called M one and that's definitely something I would recommend taking. Yeah. Okay,
0: and are there are there any other requirements that that folks should have before coming to the course? Like,
1: if I've got a basic
0: understanding of MongoDB how it works, um, what else do I need to know before jumping into uh, author auth- authentication and authorization?
1: Um, I actually don't know if you if you would need anything else. Um, for the most part, uh, we try to start with the example of like a social media app or a bank or something else that you need to log into. Uh, or authenticate to rather, and uh, yeah. So then we move from there. So, you know, hopefully, as you know, if you have a basic understanding of MongoDB, it should be fine. Yeah. And what do the lab courses look like? What are the, the lab exercises? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we have a new in-browser IDE in the platform. So uh, the students don't need to download anything. We just give them an integrated development environment, basically in the web browser, and we ask them to complete assignments like uh, creating new users or uh, enabling authentication in the MongoDB instance. And, and we basically verify everything. Like we check your work essentially in the browser.
0: Does it cover in the exercises? Does it cover uh, some of those third party uh, mechanisms like LDAP and uh,
1: active directory, that type of thing? Actually, that is a little out of scope for the course. Um, We try to focus mostly on the default uh, authentication mechanism, which is Scram. it stands for Salted Challenge Response Authentication Mechanism.
0: Yeah, it would make sense. I mean, I think it would be difficult to, to have that all in an IDE like an integrated environment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, actually, it's probably possible. Um, in terms of just course content, it uh, it was a little too much to cover, um, and there's there's already so much there with just with username password authentication. But uh, we do touch on X five hundred nine authentication, which is instead of a username and a password, you use a X509 certificate to authenticate you.
0: Now, might be stretching the bounds here, but I know that MongoDB supports Kerberos. Does the course go into uh, KLM or any kind of Kerberos management?
1: No, no, it doesn't, Uh, it's out of scope, but Kerberos is a really sound authentication mechanism. and, And we are planning on having some content around it in the future, yeah
0: listeners should know that it's fully supported it's just not covered in the course
1: yes absolutely
0: yeah, right on hey so what else do uh, you you want the listeners to know about m150 authentication and authorization
1: yeah i mean I, I guess uh if you've ever you know read a story about mongodb being unsecured that made you you know concerned or furrowed your brow you, you know i think you should take a look at the course um i mean not that we're going to be debunking myths the whole time but uh you know, we could teach you, you know, more about how to secure your MongoDB instance, so that if you were to use MongoDB, you know, professionally, you would feel more confident in the security in it.
2: Awesome, Matt. This was great, um, and this is a, a a topic that really everyone needs to to take this course. Um, if if you want to feel good about your your MongoDB installation, um, I think everyone should take it. Um, is there any kind of contact information that you want to share in case people want to get in touch with you? Are you on social media at all?
1: Uh, I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me Matt Javali at LinkedIn. And, um, do you
0: spend any time in the community community.mongodb.com? Let's say I'm taking the course and have questions about it. How do, how do you manage the feedback and, and, um, uh, interactions with students?
1: So we have, a online discussion forum. It's it's linked basically throughout the course. And if you do have a question or a comment or or feedback for us, you can always just post something in the forum and someone on the team will will respond. I, I can't guarantee that it'll be me, but uh yeah, yeah. So but the team is constantly just talking to students. Yeah.
0: So once again, the course is M150 authentication and authorization with MongoDB. Matt Javali, thanks so much for joining us today and and telling us about uh, authentication and authorization.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt.
0: Thanks so much to Matt for joining us today, talking to us about authentication and authorization. If you wanna learn more about this course, you can visit MongoDB University. That's university.mongodb.com courses M150. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com. Test telephone switch. Arm arm light on. Launching rockets doesn't have to be rocket science with MongoDB. While you might not be launching rockets, modern apps need to incorporate analytics just like NASA and SpaceX. To see how MongoDB Atlas shifts real-time analytics into your applications, check out our three-part live stream where my guest Jay Runkle will build an application in real-time, simulating a rocket launch with multiple devices generating one million metrics per second. The fun starts live on LinkedIn and YouTube Live on March 15th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Visit the show notes for this episode or click the banner for more details.